Welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. Make sure that you go over to our website, thejoecozoshow.com. You can subscribe to all of our shows there. You can watch our videos. And, of course, the audio version of every show is on the website. If you get a chance, also go to our YouTube channel. Subscribe. Like all of our shows. Also on Rumble. And it's streaming the audio on every device. Spotify, Stitcher, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. Also, today's show. Our Patriot, Mike Lindell with MyPillow.com. Make sure you go over to MyPillow.com. You use the promo code TJCSY because you get up to 66% off on all their products. And I personally love MyPillow. I sleep on a MyPillow every single night. Best sleep of my life. His Giza sheets, the best sheets. And I'm not just saying this because if you go on there, you'll see how expensive it is. If you do not use promo code T-J-C-S. I believe they have a fantastic sale right now on the slippers, which are fantastic as well. My personal favorite are the bathroom towels. They are perfect. Again, MyPillow.com, promo code T-J-C-S. Now, today's guest, her name is Barbara Abode. I was having trouble saying that, but I think I said it correctly. She is a true patriot. Didn't just come out that way. She was just a mother working, not just a mother, but a mother working with two children. Um, She had a great job. And then COVID hits. And what happens? Remote learning starts happening. Masking the children starts happening. She starts seeing what's happening to her children. And she took the fight on her own, in her own hands. And, you know, I got to tell you something. Again, the website is momsforliberty.org. Wait until you see this person. Wait until you see what type of fighter she is. Again, she is a true American patriot. And with that being said, let's start the show. All right, welcome back to the Joe Cozo Show. We have lots to talk about. I got something going. I got something cooking here. This is the big leagues. It's New York. I said I was in the worst neighborhood, man. I said I had a near-death experience. Crazy? Robert, if you've been through what I've been through in the past month, you'd be, you'd be crazy too. Barbara Abood. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So for people that don't know who you are, we'll get into and let you just explain a little bit brief about yourself, but to humanize you a little bit. So people could relate to maybe to know what they're getting themselves into when they're watching this right now. So, what would be your favorite food? Sushi. 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 Now that, that you know that didn't happen. That wasn't always it, right? Not when you were a no, kid. Because me growing up, I don't know. I, I'm I'm sure I'm older than you, but when I was younger, I never had sushi in my life. I didn't no. even know anything about sushi. But right now, sushi is it. What did it take over? It took over probably macaroni and cheese and hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing like a good macaroni and cheese. Kraft is still the best. Yes. Like, don't try to get fancy on me. Just give me some some dry yellow cheese and I'm in. You can mix it up if you want to do the SpongeBob noodles or whatever it is. Spiral noodles. Spiral. You can do that, but I need the Kraft. (laughs) The Kraft cheese has to come. So hot dogs too, though, huh? Yes. Cut up and with some ketchup on top. I'm shocked that you didn't say pizza. I thought you would say pizza because pizza is a big thing especially here if you're living in new york you know pizza bagels and chinese food you can go to any strip mall and get the best of all three (laughs) so funny you say that because that was like when i had you know i'm a single parent so when i had my daughter 
pizza bagels was the go-to cook. Yeah, that the fish sticks, whatever I could get my hands on. It's so bad too because that food is so bad for you. And I'm you know giving that to my daughter, but that was like the thing. Yeah. It's like, all right, listen, uh, it's time to eat dinner. You know, what do you want? Pizza bagels. You got you it. Got Coming it. right Whatever's up. Whatever's easy. And then whatever you don't eat, yeah. I'm eating. I'm devouring. <laughs> don't worry about it. Nothing is never. It's never getting no thrown out. Yeah. yeah, I know. I know. What about uh, cereal? Growing up, what was your sugar? Like, did you eat sugar cereal growing up? Not really. My mom was not a fan of the sugar cereal, so it was always a treat on vacation. So if I got it, it was Fruit Loops or. Um, Oh, Fruity Pebbles. Fruity Pebbles, the best. <gasps> Forgot about Fruity Pebbles. Yes. I just got a wave of memory. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. I, I'm, I'm a huge Fruity Pebbles. That yeah. was the thing for me. That, Cocoa Pebbles, it was whatever. But yeah, I, absolutely. All right, so now that we got a little bit, now, you know, I got a little flavor of who you are. Okay. Like, well, what you like and everything. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Central Islip. Central Islip. C.I. <laughs> so my office uh, located, or was located in uh, Central Islip, right there on Carlton Avenue there. Okay. So you grew up, uh, you lived on Long Island your whole entire life. Whole life. Okay. Never left. And Even went to Stony Brook, so literally never left Long Island. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Because I never left either, so I'm not, I'm not judging you. You know. I just, I hate the fact that I've never left. Yeah, so because of the job I have, I get to travel all over the country, and there are so many beautiful places, and their lives are different. Like, I live in a 1,400-square-foot house and probably pay double what people in Georgia pay for 7,000 square feet, and it's a different lifestyle. It's, But at the same time, I never never thought about leaving New York until recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, New York is just I don't know. I used to take such great pride in saying I'm from Long Island. Like that's like, you know, it's funny when you put it that way, right? Because you could, uh, you know, I, I was the same way. New York, yeah, it's the best. Like it's n- it's nothing's the mecca. better. Yeah, everything is here. You yeah. want to you want to make a movie? Come to New York. Right. You know, same thing with wanna LA. Want to see a Broadway show? You Bro- can be there in an hour, like we were just talking. Yes, about. all of the 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 new. You know, lingo, whatever. Everything originates from here. Whatever you want. You want to go see an opera. You could do it here in New York. You want to have the best night of food, you know, best food in the world. Go right down to Manhattan. You have everything, whether it's Indian, you know, Spanish food, American food, Italian, whatever it may be. So, again, I always took pride in that. And then, like how you said, well, you know, now not so much. But what really is sad for me is I almost started feeling like this right now with this country. It's like, I forget, I, I, I love America. Mm-hmm. I love it. I Red, white, and blue is the best thing in the world for me. And then you start seeing now things that are happening, and it's almost like, is America the best? Like, what, what's going on? Who is these people that are doing They've lost this? their patriotism. Somewhere along the way, we've, not all of us, but a lot have. And I think those that are waking up are rediscovering it. And it's, it's an interesting time in our country. You know, I had a, a conversation with a friend, and they said something similar to that. And I want to see your response to this. Is it people that are waking up, like, you know, like, that, or is it people just using their voice? Those people already were there. It's just now they're being vocal. Like, do we have anybody new coming you know, on to? You know what? It's people using their voice. And that's, that's probably a better way to say it because I think we've been silenced for so long because we were always on the defense. Anytime you wanted to take pride in your heritage or your country or your where you grew up there's like this tone of well you know I think we've gotten to a point where there's such an attack for believing what you want to believe and being proud of this country 
and we took it for so long not to offend anyone. And now we're we're we have to stop playing defense. We're on the offense now. We have to save this country. There's no time left. We have to get our schools back, which is my number one priority. So let's talk about the school okay. situation, right? <clears throat> so tell us, you're just, you know, you're a mother, you have a great job, right? What do you do for a living? I'm a sales director. Sales director, so you're working, mother, you know, it's a full-time job, both things, yep. whatever it could be. And then COVID hits. And I woke up one day and decided to be an activist. <laughs> I was like, I, I need more on my plate. <laughs> you know, you, know it, it's, you say it like that, but that's probably exactly it's what exactly happened. exactly what happened. But, t you know, so take us back. So COVID comes, right? Mm -hmm. And it hits the school districts. Now, my daughter is 21 years old, so it hit a little bit different. Plus, she goes to school in Alabama, which is not New York, right. not liberal. So they didn't do so much drastic things right away. But... Tell us a little bit about that. COVID-19 comes, hits New York. You have children. How many children do you have? I have two girls. Two girls. What grades were they in? Uh, at the time, fifth and first. Oh, so they're right there. Yeah. And they're very, you know, Elementary, the yeah. You know, first grade is very key. Yeah. Because that's where you start to, you know, you could start molding someone into a certain way, like, you know, or beliefs or who they are and what they're learning, how they write, you know, everything. It's very, very important first grade, in my opinion. Yeah. So it hits, they're in first grade, now they're out. Right. Right. And now all of a sudden this new world of remote learning starts taking place. Uh, how did you how did you deal with that? So my husband um, was a Department of Education teacher in New York City, so they were also closed. So that helped. So I was able to continue working, but we were all in the house all of a sudden. I went from traveling multiple times a month to sitting in front of a laptop all day doing Zooms. Um, my husband was home with the kids. You know, the first thing he said to me after the first two weeks, he's like, their teachers lied. They are not a joy to be in with. <laughs> you realize that, right? You realize your kids are a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, it was, it's like, it was like a double-edged sword because you're like, wow, our family's back. Yeah, we have right? all We're this time. And, you know, and there was definitely some of that. Like we, you know, played games. It was like a snow day for the first month, you know, like you're just having fun with it. And you're like, okay, trying to keep them in their bubble and believing that this is all going to go back to normal soon. And then it didn't. And that's when things got interesting. What was your first take on COVID-19 when it came? Were you, you know, were you someone that was on the laptop starting to do investigations and starting to look into it? Or did you just believe, oh, it's bad, it's killing people, whatever people are saying, whatever the media is saying, whatever our government is saying, this is it. You know, because you say you're an activist and I'm sure now you're different than you were then. Yeah. But when did you start saying to yourself, all right, this is, this is really serious and this remote learning isn't, two weeks to stop the curve time, you know, kind of thing. Right. I think at the beginning, like everyone, we didn't know what we didn't know. And we took it seriously. You know, we stayed, you know, stayed home, you know, walked, you know, walked with neighbors on the opposite side of the, the sidewalks, you know, and, you know, sat in mom sat in driveways six feet apart. And, you know, if you had to go to the bathroom, you went back to your own house. And, you know, we, we did. We, we tried to do everything that was being asked of us. But two weeks to flatten the curve is now, we're at the two year mark. And I think within probably the first month, something didn't sound right to me. Something, it was just, it felt like they were selling it a little harder than what I was seeing in reality. You know, you still are talking to your neighbors, talking to your social media, you see what's going on and questions start arising. And I guess when they didn't go back for that whole year, so my fifth grader had graduation, you know, kind of not until that August or September, whatever it was. And 
it just felt like we why are we freezing our lives in such a dramatic way and it just something just didn't feel right to me how did your how did your kids take the remote learning how was they how did they adapt um it wasn't great. Um, my first grader, you know, you need a lot of hand holding, right? You, she's, she didn't want to sit in front of a laptop. She missed her friends, you know, and to the teacher's credits, they tried so hard. They did amazing things to try to keep the kids engaged, at least at, at the elementary level. By the time the older kids, sixth grade, so by the time the following September came, you know, my oldest was half remote, half in school, in a mask, not in a mask, sitting. And you would just hear noise when she was on remote. And I'm like, how do you learn like that? Like half the class is in the room, half the class is home. And it just it was she she, she was the reason that I probably started really paying attention. So when you say paying attention, what, what did you mean? Like, what did you what did you start doing differently? She was withdrawing. She was like I could tell she wasn't. um the bubbly, you know, kind of personality that she once was. And it was, the mask was a lot for her um, for a lot of reasons. I, I don't need to get into that. Um, but the remote learning wasn't great either. And so we wound up doing remote learning probably for that school year. And I feel like she lost that entire year. How does it feel like as a mother seeing your kids struggle? It's heartbreaking. And, and what made you, and then what did you do about that? So the first half of the year, you know, started showing up to school board meetings, started trying to ask questions like, what are the metrics that you're using to make these decisions? When are we going to unmask these kids? When are we going to go back to normal? What is, what are we measuring this by? And no one could answer any of those questions. And then by January, I was just, I knew, I knew something had to be done. And I, I think I said this to you, I just... But I didn't know what. I, I didn't know how to find my voice. I didn't know how to get something going. And I just started Googling, why don't parents have rights or things like that. And I, momsforliberty.org was a link came up on Google. I clicked on it. It looked, it looked like everything that I wanted to address, like parental rights, like my kid, my choice. And I spoke with one of the founders and she was like, we just launched in December. Like, we're brand new. We're, we're just getting our feet under us. I don't know if we could take on New York. And uh, so, and they started, just for the record, from what you told me, they started in Florida, correct? In Florida, correct. So they don't have anything going on. They don't know anything. And here you yeah. are. I'm like, come here. I need help in New York. And they're like, well, we, we're just getting Florida going and, you know, we can't really take this on. And I just said, I go, I'm pretty self-sufficient. I just need some guidance and I'll take this. And I did. And how does it, so, so, so take us through that process. Okay. Right. It was a I couple mean, of weeks of back and forth conversations, discussions. Yeah. You don't, you know, it doesn't sound like you was that active. No, I wasn't. Before COVID. I wasn't. Right. So this is all new territory. Right. For you. I thought I was, you know, involved. I was, uh, you know, a vice president of the PTA and, you know, showed up to, you know, class events. But that was the, the extent of it before this. So just give us a little brief history of what they're all about. Sure. So Moms for Liberty was founded by um, two, two moms, both on the school board in Florida, and they found themselves to be the only ones really advocating for the parents' choices and for the kids. And there was a lot of politics involved and, you know, there was things they didn't like and they saw a change in kind of the patriotism that was happening in schools that, you know, they didn't want to, um, some districts didn't want to say the Pledge of the Allegiance, Pledge of the Allegiance in the morning. And, you know, some of the things that we're dealing with today, you know, the the curriculums, the 
all of that. And so they started actually as like a book club, um, reading the Constitution and just kind of exposing parents to what their rights are. You know, it drives me crazy when I hear certain things that you say. Like when you say parents didn't want their kids reciting the Pledge of Allegiance. What does that mean to you? When you hear that, what is like... It means we've failed somewhere along the lines. What do you mean? We should be proud. Every nation should be proud of what they are and who, how they got there. Whether or not we have scars and we have failures, of course, no country is perfect. But we've, we are, we are, we're the beacon of freedom. When you looked at Cuba over last summer when they were fighting for their freedoms, what flag were they waving? The American flag. Because that is what represents freedom worldwide. How can we not recognize that here? My dad is a veteran. I have a lot of veterans in my family. There are people who are willing to die for this country. That should mean something, and we should respect that. I, I agree with you 100%. And even look at all the people that are coming from all the South American countries that are trekking 2,000 miles just to get to the southern border, which is a catastrophe in itself. Right. Right? Why but would why, they want to come here? Yeah, no one is running to other countries. Right? <laughs> like, nobody else is. Everybody wants to come here. What's yeah. the reason? Why would everybody... If this country is so bad, right. so racist, right? If you, if you really believe deep in your soul that this country is really racist and you're only on the outside looking in because that's what everybody's saying in the media, right. how racist this country, why, why would, would they want to come, come here? here? I don't know. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. But where do you think that it went wrong? Like why all of a sudden when you were growing up, putting your hand on your heart and saying and reciting yeah. the Pledge of Allegiance, it meant something. Yep. Where do you think that it went wrong and how, well, why did it go wrong? So my theory is that it went wrong in colleges. We, we let the liberalism mentality happen in colleges and then those graduates became teachers in our elementary schools, in our high schools, and now they're going younger and younger. We, for too long, weren't paying attention to how bad it was. You know, because you you didn't know. So the pandemic woke up a lot of what was happening and how far we were being pushed to the left, right? And maybe even before the pandemic, I, I would have to say, you know, Donald Trump probably woke a lot of people up to, you know what Donald Trump did is he made it okay to love our country again. Like America first, like love this country you know you see the boat parades you see spontaneous people breaking out into patriotic songs because we do love this country we just for too long we're kind of silenced seeing seeing a president hug yes the the flag flag. i mean that that gives me chills every time i see it every time i see it and you know and there was such a hatred towards donald trump and i never understood it because the way i looked at it is all the policies that he was putting in place were for people like me and you, everyday Americans that just want to live our lives and not be controlled by the government. Did you, when Donald Trump was running for president, let's go to the primaries, like mm-hmm. Republican primaries. You know, you seem now that you're very active in politics, obviously for what you're doing. You have no choice now yeah. that you're, you're getting it. It's, it was by accident, but yes. Yes, yeah, of course. <laughs> but were you involved? Did you Did you pay attention in 2015 when he was going up, say, against Bush and, you know, Governor Christie, Paul Rand, you know, that whole primary thing. Was that something that you were actually paying attention to then? Or was that something like, hey, 
you know, when it gets to it, I'll vote whatever way I vote. Like whoever is the Republican nominee against whoever the Democratic nominee is. I mean, actually, my question should be is this. Are you a Republican? Were you voting Republican at the time? I'm a patriot. Okay, that's perfect. (laughs) So I actually, I like to call myself a reformed Democrat. Um, I grew up and voted Democrat. Like I mentioned where, you know, I... and there's nothing wrong yeah, with no, that. No, no, there's not. I'm just trying to find the 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 kind of the explanation I love, I love, of the the I love morph. Bill, I love Bill Clinton. Yeah, I loved. I I was like, oh, this guy's great. Yeah. And even before I'm talking to you before the Monica Lewinsky, you know, he get up there and he, <laughs> he was, was charismatic, charismatic, and you know, and he said the right things. And and Obama and when he, and even when he goes, said, you know, like you believed that the change was change in a positive way for America. But I was young and un, uninformed, and that's what they rely on is the lack of knowledge of what's going on behind the scenes. I find the left does a really good job of focusing on social issues, heart kind of wrenching issues where you're like, oh, we have to we have to support this, you know, and but when you dig deeper, I mean, kids in cages, Obama built those cages. You know what I mean? And it was okay then. And it was okay then. And it's okay now that all these kids are being trafficked into the United States and no one's actually paying attention. It's not about the immigrants. It's about knowing who's in our country and what's happening to those children once they're in here. Take it a step even further. Those are not even American children, let alone, but they're children. Yeah. I mean, children are children. Right. Human being, a human life is a human life, course, right? Really, let's course. get down to it. But what's happening at that border that's affecting our American children? The fentanyl that's coming through yes. here, the pandemic, the opioid pandemic, how China is bringing all this fentanyl through Mexico, how you have these cartels running the whole entire border yep. while we're sitting here not doing anything. And we're and and we were afraid to speak out about it because it's like oh you're you're racist because you don't want them coming in no it has nothing to do with any of that it has to do with the fact that we need to know who is and isn't in our country and what they're bringing like whether it's drugs or guns or you know what I mean like it's you could even take it a step further how about the kids that are coming in here that do not know how to speak English at all so now the resources in our school systems because there's hundreds of thousands of them millions Mm -hmm. that are coming in across the border now that the resources are going to be taken away from the American students and teaching them and you have to now use additional money resources to teach these children to even get an education because they can't even speak the language. Right. And they can't even relate to other children. And it leads to bigger classrooms. It leads to, um, and then there's, now you see in California where they want to remove certain testing because it's racist, but it's like, how are you measuring? We should be lifting them up, not trying to hold them down. And I think a lot of these policies, one on the surface, to my point, sound like you're doing what's, what's you know kind and right, but is it in the best interest for the, the, the adults we want to create in our society, and I don't think it is. So take us back again before we, you know, I, I know we still have, I want to talk about Moms for Liberty and how you yeah, got into that yeah. and all, but, you know, we... You want to know how I, like, yeah. How did you get into <laughs> Donald Trump? So here he is. So let's just say, you know, were you one of those people that despised Donald Trump when you first saw him speak? No, I wasn't. And it was, really? it, it was, it was, it was very interesting because I wasn't political, but I always voted Democrat. I just, that's how I grew up and my family and what, you know, you just kind of know what you know. And he right out of the gate, I mean, I'm in New York, right? So you know who he is. He's obviously someone, you know, but the way that he talked about America just kind of resonated with me. And I was like, yeah, I love this country. I love everything about it. And 
I didn't let the media tell me how to think. And I think that's the difference is when you're a free thinker, you can see past the bullshit. Yeah. No, you can curse. Okay. Say anything you want. It doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, it, it's true that you're saying that. And that's how, you know, I, first of all, I loved Donald Trump way before because he's a New Yorker. Right. And, yeah. you know, you saw him. And I used to listen to hip hop in the hip hop community. Uh, they loved him. Loved, loved him. Donald he was Trump. never a racist until he ran as a Republican. Right? Isn't that crazy? Because <laughs> yes. he'd be in all the rap songs. Yeah. P. Diddy loved Donald yeah. Trump. Biggie loved Donald Trump. All these hip hop artists loved They wanted him in his videos. He was, his 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 show was huge. Yeah. You know, uh, what was it called again? Apprentice. Uh, Apprentice, yeah. You know, you're fired and everything <laughs> like that. The ratings through the roof. And then all of a sudden, he runs and he's the most hated man in the world. And he's hated for like what you said. Let's bring back the jobs in America. Why is that a bad thing? Holy shit, you're right. <laughs> what do you mean? Wait, wait, you're right. So we're all look at look app- at all look at all the, the the shipping issues we have right now. Imagine more was in America, but you know you don't have shipping delays when it's internal in your yeah. country. You know, and you don't really know too much about NATO at the time, right? And you're like, yeah. and then he starts saying, "We're paying ninety percent of the bill for NATO," and yeah. you start saying to yourself, "I never heard that before." Right. That doesn't make too much sense. Why are we paying that? Then you have the deal with Mexico and Canada, and we're getting you know ripped off in that. Yep. You're like, well, that doesn't make. If we're protecting the Iran these- nuclear deal, and you know, like all of these things, where you're like, wait a minute, how is that in the best interest of Americans? Yes, and none of those you can't answer those questions because they're not. Yes, and that's why they attacked him. You know, it's two things that you said, and I, I believe that. They're both, it was a necessary thing that you needed to have to wake up. You needed Donald Trump, which you said, mm-hmm. which was, I, I agree 100%. Because without Donald Trump, we would we have been blind. We wouldn't know. Oblivious. Yeah. Just, we're just going about, you know, no big deal, no Because they kept us comfortable. We all, you know, have nice homes. We go on a vacation or two a year. We drive nice cars. Our kids are in school. We weren't, we weren't realizing how much of our lives we weren't paying attention to. And how twisted things were going on behind the yes, scenes yes. with the CRT happening yep. in schools. And like you said, with the universities being infiltrated, yep. not knowing anything, none of this. So even though the necessary evil, or should I say the evil was COVID, it was almost as if, you know, Donald Trump, let's just say for a second, taking that, we, we agree with that, but then COVID, yeah. was is, it's an evil, it was terrible. But it's almost like, thank God, it happened in a way. Even though I, I don't, I don't mean that by all the lives that we lost. Obviously, that's tra- tragedy. But you would never have seen what was going on in the schools. This version of me wouldn't exist if COVID didn't happen, right? Yeah. So it's I almost, believe that. Yeah. And it's almost as if the Democrats, you know, they took, they wanted to expand on COVID. They they had all this now new power. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. Yes, exactly. Don't let a good crisis go to waste. But really, it kind of. They put their foot in their mouth because it woke up all of these parents, all of people like yourself, people, mothers. See, the one thing that you you know you don't ever want to mess with is the kids, because that's when you're going to get. They made a terrible mistake coming after our kids. Yes, <laughs> but you know why? Because and why they are labeling us domestic terrorists. You know, moms at school boards, and the way that they're trying to twist it is because they can't control us. Because there's no amount of money, there's no amount of power that you can offer me that'll ever let me take take in order to not speak up for my children. And that's what that's the mistake that they didn't realize is you can't buy us, you can't bribe us. My kids are the only thing that matters. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, I'll die on the sword, I yeah. know, on the sword yeah. for my kids. Tell me real quick about the vibe of so you're you we're going to fast forward here. Sure. 
you're active, you're in it, you're doing it, right? And then all of a sudden you had Merrick Garland come out and say that we're gonna start taking these mothers in the FBI as terrorists. What was the what was the vibe of all of the mothers that were activists that were going against what was going on? You know, tell me about that feeling. Like, were you guys like, this is fucked up? What are you yeah, kidding me? Yes, yeah, yes, that's exactly. Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. are they kidding me? And it actually fueled that fire because I, like, I know that I wasn't screaming or yelling or threatening. It was, we were being vocal and we were showing up and we were, we were making sure they were being held accountable for decisions they were making. But at the end of the day, they should be encouraging parents to be involved in education in all aspects of our government. What what it said to me was, we're scaring them because they can't they can't silence us anymore because we're not going away. The I'm word not. is control. Control. Yes. They can't exactly. control. They can't control. They're us. controlling everything else. With exactly. COVID, right. Exactly. Where you could you know where you could worship, where you could shop. Yeah. And it's think cr- about why they shut down restaurants houses of worship it's all the places that we as a community bond and spend time together yes so if they shut that down we're isolated from the most important part of ourselves which is our community but you also have to remember too like the the small business restaurant the italian restaurant that's on jericho turnpike is not really contributing to the democratic party in a real way as say home depot is right or apple is right it's crazy that we can go into say Home Depot or Walmart and shop and everybody could be congested. But the local store can't. Yeah. None of it made sense. And anyone that was paying attention is like, wait a minute, we can we can do all these things. Why don't I just like set up school in the middle of the Home Depot when they were home? Like, why can they do those things and not? That's a good point. That's <laughs> a good point. I never even thought about it. Or that. even like when the kids were masked, like, okay, so I can sit at a restaurant unmasked face-to-face like this with you, but my kids can't sit six feet apart without a mask on. My thing with the masks, and which drives me crazy, is we could be all like sardines in an airplane. Mm-hmm. And, and I, yeah. you want 10 minutes to take off your mask and eat. You can do that, but you got to put the mask right back on. But where is the? So the is science? it nine minutes? Is, the is it yeah? Is it nine <laughs> minutes? Was was ten minutes too much? Is eleven minutes going to be too much? You have to, you know, when is the time? Yeah. You have the mask off. Once yeah. it's off, it's off. It's circulating all throughout. It made no sense yeah. to me. And airplanes with their circulated air are actually the best environment to not have to wear a mask. Yes, like it's it's already fil- the filtration system. I travel a lot. It's better than most, you know. And and you see Joe Biden now because you had the State of the Union address the other day last Is week, that what right? We so, calling it, yeah. <laughs> so. Make sure you take the masks off because we want political theater here. We want everybody to right, see us. Right, you want us. to see us remove yes, it. And, yes, and we're gonna, you know, and we're we're fighting for this country, and you want to see our facial expressions, and yet Nancy Pelosi, and you know, it's all political theater. But yet he then renews the mask mandate for, for airlines. Yeah, I know. For another month, why would you do that? So you can wear. You guys are all packed in together. It's okay for you, but now for us, I mean, it's ridiculous. But I want to go back to now the start of moms. It's moms for liberty. Correct. So you tell them, hey, listen, I'm going to do it. Use me. Yeah. I need the help. Let's go. Tell, you know, how does it progress? Sure. So it's actually, um, it's a funny story. So I I get started and I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to get the word out. I started a page, you know, Facebook page. And, you know, like, all right, I'm going to have my first meeting on a Zoom. Because it's still COVID, you know, it was January 21, I guess. Is your husband on board or does he think you're bananas? Both. (laughs) Of course. Oh, oh boy. Depends on the day. Yeah, yeah. So my first meeting, we had a Zoom, and there was a total of six people on it. And I was like, okay, maybe I'm not 
on the right page here. Maybe I'm missing something because I thought people were more frustrated like I am and ready to make a change. But one of the women that were on there was um, Carrie uh, Walker from the Massapequa School Board. And she was just, you know, joining to be a mom, you know, and listen. And her and I wound up connecting afterwards because she had some great insights. And I learned that she was the president of the board. And, you know, that conversation made everything that that one meeting with six people worth it. And that's when I realized that one one good connection can lead to so many other things. And from there, I just started showing up to fundraisers and showing up to events. And I met, you know, the Long Island Loud crew. I met um, Unmask Your, no- Your Unmask Your Kids New York, and we did rallies together. And at that first rally. Um, there was a gentleman running for Nassau County Executive, Bruce Blakeman, and I didn't know who he was, but one of the things he said was, the first thing I would do if I'm in office is I'm going to sign an executive order to get these masks off our kids. And we're like, okay, that's a great political, sounds good. Yeah. And then he proceeded to do that at every single rally. He held press conferences saying that. And on his third day in office, he invited myself, board members across Nassau County, other leadership of groups to watch him sign that executive order. How'd that make you feel? Oh, it felt like winning. It really did. It felt like winning. <laughs> it's a good did. feeling, right? Yeah. Felt like winning. Because it was a long road, and it was refreshing to have someone who did what they said. Because even after he got elected, people were like, you don't actually think he's going to do that. And he's I'm a like, politician. But I was like, but I've spent enough time. Like, I've seen, like, you know, now at this point, it's six, seven, eight rallies and press conferences that you're having one-on-one conversations or seeing what he's saying. And I'm like, I do believe him. And he did it. And whether or not it was genuine, no, no, it was genuine. But whether or not it it, it solved the problem out of the gate, like we had that one day where the kids were unmasked and then Hoko came over the top. And, you know, she's you thought that you thought, right? Yeah. That when Cuomo was gone, I was like, how can we get worse than Cuomo? Well, they were like, hold, hold my beer. Here you go. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) And, you know, it's crazy, too. Nothing happened to him. No. Nothing. No, no he's, he's a Democrat. He's, he's, putting, he's putting his name back out there to start running again. If he was a Republican, he'd be in cuffs. A hundred percent. He murdered those senior people, citizens. Yes. yes. And here we are. And that's that's basically what it is. If you're a Democrat, nothing. there's no, there's no accountability. Exactly. There's zero accountability. And in my opinion, it's really not their fault. They're winning. They're winning. They're, they're doing. They're, this is the whole point. We do whatever we want and we get away with it. That's right. the whole point of what they're doing. The people that are at fault are the Republicans that are so scared to hold those people accountable. You're absolutely right. And you start thinking to yourself, well, is it because maybe how guilty they are on things? And God forbid, if the pendulum switches or the light goes on to them, that they'll be exposed and they're nervous about that. So let's not do anything to them. But then again... Look what they did to Donald Trump. Yeah. Look what they did to Paul Manafort. Look what they yeah. did to, you know, all of these people. You know, we Roger spent Stone. four years talking about Russia collusion and the <laughs> Ukraine phone call. And it's like, wait a minute. Anyone paying attention to what's happening right now? <laughs> Imagine if it was Donald Trump Jr.'s laptop with him doing coke oh. on the floor and saying he'll sniff oregano. It doesn't matter. Or cheese, whatever yeah. it could be. He'll sniff anything. All the naked photos, all of it, yeah. you know, business dealings with foreign entities. The fact entities. that he's on the board of a Ukraine oil company. Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's nothing, nothing to look into there. Isn't it crazy, though, <laughs> that then there's nothing happens? Yeah. And then you actually have Joe Biden going out 
on TV saying, I told that pro- I told them if that prosecutor is not gone, yeah. they're not getting oh, the money. Oh, yes. What? <laughs> what are we talking about? You can't do that. Did he really say that? He really said it and nothing happened. Nothing he happened. Got, he became president. Even at the time, nobody said anything. Everybody was just like, oh, well, okay. Yeah, yeah well, he's not getting the money. He's not getting That's it. He's not getting the money. But meanwhile, you, th- you, you look back now and you see all this stuff that comes out. It's like, well, what country are we living in? Yeah. What is actual? What is happening here? So you went from. So let's go back now. Okay. Sure. So you go to six people in the Zoom. Yeah. What does it start happening then? So the, then the momentum started. Parents are like, okay, there's no metrics. This isn't making sense. We started advocating for people to show up at school boards and and find out what's going on. Connected with so many amazing people that are way smarter than I am. And that's one thing that, you know, as a, a sales leader, I don't need to know all the answers, but I need to know how to find the people that do. And that's something that that's like great. I great. really do think is a skill of mine is pulling in the right resources and leveraging their knowledge and building up that that base. And that's what we did. We just started working together. I work with almost every Patriot organization here on Long Island, and they're all amazing. They all just want to help our kids, help this country. It says a lot about your character that you just said that. Oh, I'm not the you. smartest person, but I know how to get the. I want to try to get the smartest people in the room yeah. to help advocate the cause that I'm trying to do. It takes a big, you know, it takes a, a certain type of person to do that and say that. Well, thank you. So, yeah, absolutely. So you're getting you're getting all these people coming on board, right? And now, you know, like you said, you it starts out with six people. Then all of a sudden, you go into these rallies. Right, and then you have what you said, Channel Twelve News. Before we started doing, you know, yeah. uh, on air, you said Channel Twelve News now reaches out to you. Right. Tell us about that day. What are you doing? What's going on? All of a sudden, Newsmax too reaches yeah. out to you. How does that all take place? It's, um, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's the rallies. It's the name. I mean, um, Nassau County wound up splitting into Nassau and Suffolk. And, you know, we um, brought on another team for a chapter in Suffolk County. So now I had two Moms for Liberties here in Long Island. I partner with them and we do everything together. I mean, we're Long Island is its own entity, you know, but it, it helps break up the importance of what's happening elections in Nassau County versus Suffolk so we can focus in different areas. And we all just are putting our names out there and putting our faces out there and you know, the news shows up to these rallies or press conferences, right? And they see you and they see that you're well-spoken and that you can hold a conversation and you actually know what you're talking about. And they reach out. And then um, the Newsmax, I don't remember how that happened. It probably was through National. It probably was they reached out to National, like, hey, do you have um, any chapters that would be willing to speak on something? And then I got included. It, It... it's weird. It's like, you know, like you're all of a sudden people are like, I just saw you on national news. And I'm like, oh, gosh, I'm like little old me, you know? Yeah. Somebody <laughs> didn't realize, you know, wasn't doing anything, you know, yeah. just, you know, in the PTA. Next yeah. thing you know, here you are. That's a good feeling, though, right? It, it is. It is. And, and, and look what you're fighting for. Well, that's the whole thing is it's if it helps get the, the word out of what we're fighting for is more important. You know, I also get calls and I put them in touch with other parents that I think have a better story, you know, and I mean like that I'm like you don't need to hear from me every time here's some other moms that like you should you should talk to talk to us about the the pushback that you were getting at the schools when you first started doing it you know obviously you know when I see the videos you see a lot of them like in Virginia say what was going on there Loudoun County and everything and you're like these people do they live on a different planet like I mean the people on the school board like what are they doing how do they honestly think Doing this to these children is okay. Is okay. So 
Give us what was happening here behind the scenes. What was going on? Like, what kind of pushback were you getting? I think the most frustrating thing here on, oh, I'm just going to adjust a little bit, on Long Island, at least in Nassau County, what I found was they say nothing. They just stare at you. And they just let you ask your questions or give your little speech. And then they just go, okay, thank you. And they just do what they're going to do anyway. And that's probably even more infuriating than like a, a dialect. You know what I mean? At least you can... We don't know where half these school boards stood because they just said nothing. And then they just were like, sorry, we can't we can't make a decision. We can't, you know, like Locust Valley and uh, Massapequa were the most vocal and they were wonderful. Like they were coming to the table, educating parents on how they can work together. That's that to me is what that should look like. But what, where were they getting their pullback from? So here you have, say, Mass, you're talking about the school board of Massapequa, right? Correct. And Locust so, Valley. Yeah. So let's just use Massapequa as sure. an example. So Massapequa, it sounds like what you're saying is they're saying, hey, listen, our hands are tied here. We, we agree they with you. They actually didn't. They said, okay, we're going to get our own law firm. We're going to get our own lawyers. We're going we're gonna to be the, the leaders in making change and unmasking these kids. The pushback. Oh, so they, they didn't have, they weren't coming, they didn't say, hey, listen, we're, our hands are tied from Albany. No. We're on board with you and let's exactly, do this together. Exactly, exactly. They were the ones that were in the forefront of this fight and sending petitions and, you know, basically like making the decisions, trying to make the, bring back local control. And that's where the Nassau County executive came in, where he was fighting with them. But the very first school board meeting I went to at Massapequa, there was this dialect of like parents kind of yelling a little bit, like we want our kids unmasked, we want this. And Carrie and Janine were like, I want my kids out of these masks too. Like, what can we do together? Carrie and Janine are people on I'm the school sorry, board. Yes, I'm sorry, yes. That's okay, yeah, but I'm just saying. They are the president and vice president of the school board. And they were like, well, we, we want this too. How about instead of yelling at each other, we figure out what, what we can do as a community. And then they started, they hired their own lawyers. They started making changes and advocating together. The pushback that they probably got, and, and I don't want to speak for them, is actually the lawyers that really represent the school district, not the school. You know, you find that a lot of these school boards are trained by NISBA. And what is that? Um, uh, New York State School Board Association. Okay. And basically they're told to toe this line. So when you have school boards that are not towing that line, that's when you see real change because they they were at the forefront of this fight. And like everyone's like, wow, be like Massapequa. I mean, that's what we would walk into Farmingdale and say, be like Massapequa. Like, do what they're doing. Stand up for our kids. Then we're in it together. Instead of just looking at us going, our hands are tied, we can't do anything, we can be frustrated together instead of at you. Because right now, there are so, we're, we're running candidates for school boards because we can't have more of these feckless people that are doing nothing for our children. So who is the people, though, that are actually giving you, though, the, the pushback? Who, who like, is it, I know you, you could say it's Albany or whoever it is may Albany, be, but what's... They, what? they don't want to disrupt Albany. They don't want to, they, they're afraid of losing their, so superintendents can get replaced, school boards can get replaced if they don't follow the DOH guidelines or the Albany guidelines. And what we're saying is stand up. Like, take that risk. Like, it's... But how are they making their decisions upstate? Like, who? Wh what are they basing it on? Nothing. That's I what have I'm no at. That's idea. What... 
That's, that makes it even more frustrating. They've never given us a single metric. Even when Cuomo was here, it's like, okay, just wear a mask until we tell you it's it's over. Do this. You can't stay six feet apart till we tell you it's over. Have guards up in your in your classrooms till we say it's over. But what are what is over look like? When are you going to give us our lives back? And that's when people are like, no, you know what? Your job is not to run my life. Your job is to protect my freedoms and you're sucking at it. So get back to work. I'm protecting my freedoms. I'll run my life. So he you got so, me all fired up, Joe. Yeah, yeah. No, it's good though. <laughs> <laughs> so so you start seeing, you know, school districts start getting in line and you know, when did you start saying to yourself, I think we got something here. I think we're you know, we're we we have a good cause here. We're we're obviously and you know, was there a chance time that you said, you know, it looks like we're gonna lose this? You know, did you ever start getting feeling that you were every, defeated? Every other day, you you have your highs and your lows. Like when um, the the we won that the lawsuit, so there was a lawsuit where a judge said that masks are unconstitutional. So kids were masked unmasked for one day, day, and it's like winning. And then then by the time I woke up the next morning, you know, you have a million texts going. Hochul reversed it, and da da da, and you, your soul is crushed because you're like all this work and this. <laughs> how many? How, I, I just want to know how many group chats are you on? I can't with, even keep up. I don't you even know. Must be I, attack, especially when, like, say that day. Yeah, we won. No masks, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I could just imagine you being on your phone when they it, it's changed yeah. again, yeah. and then you're like, "Fuck this, yeah. this piece of shit! Can you believe this? This yeah." And that. There's it, it's it's endless group chats, and you know I, you have to try to streamline it. Some are on text, some are on Telegram, some are on Facebook Messenger, and you know, and some are redundant. You know, and we're just really all just trying to get the right message to the right people, especially when you're doing call to actions. I think that's the most important piece that we did was we united for call to actions. So if someone was like, okay, I did, um, so Margaret Marchand from Locust Valley, she's the vice president of Locust Valley Board, she really understood SAPA, right? And this was really how, it, it's about taking away, backdooring, taking away our freedoms, right? And she did a whole podcast on, uh, not a podcast, a webinar on it, and she sent out a call to action so we could disseminate it to all our groups. That's what we were really, we are really good at is leveraging each other's knowledge, whether it's, you know, that topic or another and getting it out there. I mean, my group has 10, you know, between Nassau and Suffolk, we have 10,000 members. 10,000 from 10, zero. From zero. To 10,000. In one year. And it's all yeah. you. Well, no, uh, not all me. Well, you started, you reached out. <laughs> it, yes. I mean, come on, I let's call a spade a spade. Okay. <laughs> let's call a spade a spade here, right? You yes. reached out. Yes. They said to you, there's nothing. Right. Like, sorry, we don't know what you're talking about, yeah. you know, and you took, uh, tell me yeah. how that feels. It feels good. It feels like I'm on the right side of the conversation because there's now 10 Moms for Liberty chapters in New York. You know, hearing someone like you, a fighter, a patriot, a real person that, you know, hey, you admit when you're wrong, give credit to other people. Sounds like you're a good politician to me. I'm being <laughs> honest. I mean, wouldn't people love to have you fighting for them? Wouldn't someone love to have you, you know, making decisions on their behalf? Because it seems to me that you have the best interests of these parents, of the constituents, the voters here in New York. Did you ever think about maybe getting into politics? I haven't. Um, it's, you're crazy. It's, it's been, it's been uh, I've had conversations um, I was thinking about running for school board, but the problem is, is that I would be representing one district where right now I have the ability to help 
like candidates across all of Nassau County and help kind of take some of my knowledge transfer, help support them with my platform that I now have. And I think I have a, I can be more help on this side of the conversation right now. Okay, but is that something that you would maybe consider down the road or is it something that, you know, hey, I'm a mother of two kids, I have a great job, I, you know, I had a cause, I fought, we won, and now I'm moving on with my life. I would never say never. I just, I guess it's not not something I would do right now. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I think you would be great at it, to Thank be honest. You. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. What should I run for? <laughs> I just go all the way to the top. I mean, we have AOC representing a district in, in New York here, right? I mean, we've probably- I can't, I can't be uh, worse than that, right? No, not worse. I mean, who could be? Can you believe, so when you see somebody like AOC, yeah. right, and you see how she comes out and how she talks and all these followers, what do you think about that? Like, what do you what do you think of AOC? I think she's awful. I think she's, I think she's paid to say the things. She doesn't actually understand any policy that she's putting out there. She's just- following orders from Nancy Pelosi. And what do you, now let's do the flip. Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, I love her. You love her. Love I knew her. You do. I do too. <laughs> I, I did too. And Lauren, and Lauren um, um, uh, Bobart. Yes, yes, Bobart as well. Yeah. Can you believe what they did when at the State of the Union when they stood up? She See? was so right, Lauren, when she yeah, did that. 13 American soldiers were killed and you left, you just left, anyway, it, and he doesn't even address it. That's, when you listen to that State of the Union, it's, where was America in that conversation? Where was it? It's Where a good was question. it? Where yeah. was it? So talk to me about America right now. Okay. How do you feel about it? It's still the greatest country in the world. Absolutely. We just gotta we just gotta remind people of that and get them out of their own way. Do you think that there's still possibility? I mean, yeah, of course you want to have hope. If you didn't have hope in what you were doing here, you never have gotten to the place that you did. But I mean, you sit here and you look at the Democrats and you see that the wave that they that they have and what they're doing and how corrupt, in my opinion, that they actually are. Do you actually think that we'll be able to get the America back to where it was, say, maybe 15, 20 years ago? Or do you think that that's never going to happen? I think we didn't get into this mess overnight. We're not going to get out of it overnight. I think if we stay awake and we continue to advocate and find Patriots running for all levels of our government because I do think that's absolutely important. We we lost. Look, New York is a one one party state. We've lost our voice. We have no voice on except for one party, and we have to get back to that balance because we've lost the ability to compromise or even have a conversation with each other. You know, at the end of the day, when you might not agree with how I feel about um, masks or vaccines or whatever the conversation is, but if you believe that parents are best equipped to make decisions for their children and that it's our right to do so, then we're not that far apart. We don't have to agree on what that looks like, but we have to agree on that foundation that as parents, that's our right. And the left is is not on that side of the conversation. You're seeing that more and more in these schools where there's, you know, they're going to bring in, you know, Northwell Health into and they're going to let children as young as 12 get vaccinated without talking to their parents or be able to decide their gender identity without speaking to their parents. That's a problem. The schools are there to educate. The rest is my job. See, but that person that's making that decision, 
to allow that to happen. Right. Bringing Northwell, right? And and having gender identification without parents' consent or get vaccinated without parents' consent. That's still a human being, right? That's yeah. still a real person. How do you think that they come to that conclusion and think that it's okay to do that and circumvent a parent? Because like, where they, is this coming they've from? They've dehumanized us. Like, think about it. Every time, like, you listen to it, and they're like, right now, Moms for Liberty, Long Island Loud, Save Our Schools, we're being blasted as alt-right. No, I'm just a mom. Just a mom that wants to have a say in my kid's education. But if you dehumanize me, it's easier to hate me. You don't have to think of me as a person. And that's what's happening. They did that with Donald Trump. Exactly. You know, something else that you said earlier. Because you always need a bad guy. Because when you have a bad guy, you focus on them, not on the policies that you're putting in place. And you make yourself feel better. Exactly. You said something before, I think before we started, if, if I could recall. You said, I really think, Joe, what's going on is pure evil. Yeah. And I do too. Yeah. You know, I really think that a lot has to do with how God, and I don't know how religious you are and whatnot. I've there become was more and more. Me too. It's the, it's, I think we've lost that. And the more that I put that back as the forefront of how I think and how I believe, it doesn't feel so hopeless. Yes, I agree. And I think that that's what's happening here in America. I think that we lost our way with that. You know, with in God we trust, right? Right. You know, stuff like that, or saying the Pledge of Allegiance, loving America, or being when, able to say Merry Christmas instead of you know the, when feeling they feeling ashamed that you yeah, saying like it. oh no, I can't say Merry Christmas. Yeah, I can. We're we're still it's still it's still a very important holiday. I catch myself. <laughs> I'll be like say at a, at a grocery store and I'll say Happy Holidays because I I, I buy into it because I don't want to offend anyone. And as soon as I say it, I feel ashamed of myself. Yeah. I'm like, what the hell did you do that? Just say Merry Christmas. What are you doing? <laughs> Just say it. It shouldn't offend someone. I no. wouldn't get offended if someone said Happy Hanukkah or anything else. It's like, okay, enjoy your 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 day and what you believe. Like that should never offend anyone. Yeah, no, I and I agree with you. And you see how things also how everything has to be now it's falling under say equity, right? Everything oh, is equity. It's and, not equality, and, it's equity. But back when we were younger, that's all I used to hear was equality. Mm-hmm. You know, every man is created or woman is created equal, right. right? And that's what it is. And then all of a sudden you start hearing about this equity and the people that are up top have to come down so they can meet and then so we can have them on the same level as the people on the bottom. There's some concept that there's a pie and only a certain amount of people can have access to it. That's not the case. We can all build each other up without tearing other people down. Yes. And we all point. we there's there's no reason that like I grew up in Central Islip, right? So lower middle income families, you know, neither of my parents went to college. And they worked hard. And I look at those that graduated with me and there's success all around, whether they're we all have the same economic background. We all had different, you know, ethnicities. So it wasn't about the color of my skin that made me successful or didn't make me successful. It was about the 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 parents who wanted something better for us. You know what I mean? Like they instilled education in us. They instilled family and God and and the ones that are thriving is because they had people that lifted them up instead of telling them you're never going to be more than this because of the color of your skin and that's what DEI is is telling you that because you're a certain color skin you're an oppressor or, or the oppressed and that's just not that's just not really what America is about we all have the opportunity to make ourselves who we want to be but we don't have a guarantee to the outcome that's a good point the, the outcome is decided by me 
Yes. And how hard I, I worked, what decisions I made. This has been the hardest year of my life. My husband lost his job at the Department of Education. We pulled our kids and we're homeschooling. I work full time. I took on Moms for Liberty. I, I mean, it's endless what the, the weight of the world is on me. But at the same time, I feel like I have to and I have to make it work. And there are a lot of people that would just give up and just say, okay, well, you know what? I, I can't do everything. I got to put my kids back in school, whether it's vax or ma- mass. But I, I felt too strongly about that. That's what, that's what gives people their outcome is the decisions they make when it's hard. Did you ever, you know, everything you're saying I agree with. And I feel like it would be hard for me to see someone who would be in disagreement with everything that you've said so far today. I'm sure there's plenty. I'm sure, but, but that's my question I wanted to ask you. So when you know you're on social media mm-hmm. and you see, you know what you're going, what you're doing, and I'm sure you're posting and you're yeah. letting people know what you're doing. Did you get negative feedback? Oh, sure. And what would they say? Well, like, what I, would be that negative? Should I start fe- with my mother? Really? <laughs> Sorry. No, it's okay. It's okay. Back. I don't talk to my sister anymore because of the same thing that you're saying. So, my, yeah. my mom thinks I made a terrible decision pulling my kids from school. She doesn't understand why we did it. And, you know, that's just one example. But there's the people who you thought would support you, whether they agreed with you or not, don't. And I'm OK with that. I'm not here to please other people. I'm here to really I'm on my own journey and I'm going to mess it up or make it right. And I'm, I just have to believe that I'm kind of being led in by God in the right direction. Talk to us about having that decision of pulling your kids from school because, I mean, I never had to do it with my child. Again, like I said, she's 21 years old. But I know when I was a kid, I loved school. Mm -hmm. I loved seeing my friends. I loved being there. I loved, you know, interacting with them. I loved gym class. I loved lunch, Mm -hmm. you know, and and acting like a clown and being, you know, whatever whatever it is, being a kid with your you know, it was Your great. Peers, you, yeah. yeah, you get up. And I know I'm going to see all of my friends today. It was a hangout to yeah. me. Unfortunately, I didn't think of it as, a <laughs> as education. an education. <laughs> no, I thought it was as a hangout. But I would have been, I would have been really upset if my parents pulled me out. I probably, it would have been a very emotional thing to me because I was so attached to going there and loving it. And and I always thought of it as a great time. I never thought of school as a burden. I always thought of it as a, gr- a great time. And if they, you know, I was always nervous too. My parents are gonna move. I wanna do with all these, my friends, I'm never gonna see them again. <laughs> yeah. There was no social media at the time. Right. Or, you know, FaceTiming and all that. You know, you were gone, you're yeah. gone. Yeah, forgotten. <laughs> yeah, done. You never see these kids ever again. Tell, tell me about that decision though. For you, you're gonna pull these kids out of school. They're gonna be out of their you know, environment. You know, what was like that? How was that for you? It certainly wasn't an easy decision, and, but they weren't, they weren't okay. And this is the whole thing that no one really wanted to talk about was the impact of the mental health of these kids. You know what I mean? And I started a change, especially in my 12 year old, and I knew I had to do something. And you know, it's funny, it, of course, changing anything is hard, but they're in a program now that they, they're they not sitting in in my living room doing homework every day. They are, like, every day is school. You know what I mean? You're always learning, but they're in a program. They go horseback riding. They take hikes. They have other kids in their own grades that are in similar situations. 
you know, the concept of homeschooling, I think, is a little antiquated that people think like, you know, we must all be, you know, sitting around doing Bible study all day. And it's nothing well, you know like what? that. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about it. So yeah. can you just give us a little, you know, behind the curtains of what I really thought homeschooling is? OK, we get up, we can all sit at the kitchen table and now you have, you know, bring out the English book and you're doing a lesson plan. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. So yeah. can you just, for people so, that don't know about yeah, it? Yeah, so there's there's all different types of programs. So you can, you know, that are all here on Long Island. Like, they're all over, and they're co-ops, right? So you, as a parent, I'm still responsible for, like, 75% of their education. But where the co-ops come in is that interaction, that fun, that um, extracurricular. So the music, the art, the language, um, the exercise, like horseback riding or wherever, you know, whatever you find in that school or program, excuse me. And it's really about the freedom. Like I could pick up tomorrow. I, I, I don't have any limitations for my job where I live, right? I could pick up tomorrow now and go move to Florida and my kids would still have access to the same program that they had. Maybe some of the extracurricular would change, but it's an online it's an online program that's fully accredited. You know, the first thing my mother-in-law said is, "Will they be able to go to college? Will they like but when you actually look at the stats of homeschool kids, they are way ahead of of other programs in public and government education because they're not being held back by the class they're learning at their own pace what's interesting to them they're like my my oldest loves social studies so when i review her you know what she did for a week i'm like kaylin i know you love social studies but you got to do the other subjects too because she's she's already on eighth grade social studies and i'm like you skipped you'd finished the whole year of seventh grade social studies already you know i didn't even think of that so and there's no limitations. There's no lim- nothing stopping her from going ahead. I didn't think of that because yeah. and not only that though too. Sometimes the classroom, right? There's a couple of students are not getting the math. Equation. So the teacher has to stop, stop. And, and do that. Yes. So they're 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 doing it at their own pace. And if math is harder for you, then that's where we spend time together and and kind of you know move forward. But what, what, what about the price? Is there you know for people that parents that are on the fence of whether or not they want to homeschool? Is it cost money to do that, to enter into a program? And also, how? Like, is there organizations yeah. that, you know, you could choose from? Is it like a la carte? You could do this one or that one or this program, you know, and you go, you talk to other mothers. We're in this. We didn't like that. Yeah. Is that how it is? That is how it is. You, it's I'm a, so it's, oblivious to it. It's, I don't it's, even it's, know. It's its own community and network and um it's really it's there's if you're if you're searching you'll find it you know there's groups like Long Island homeschools and you know things like that and they sh- moms share different ideas and they they're very quick to help each other like it's a lot of these homeschool parents were in it way before me so I don't want to pretend I'm an expert on it I'm just in it but you know in 2019 when New York lost its religious exemption a lot of families were displaced out of government education and they had to create their own communities so when many of us this year, last year, made that decision, they embraced us and they said, took you long enough, you know, like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, my kids, when the mask came off last week, they said to me, are you going to make us go back? And I said, no. I said, you don't have really? to. Really? They, they've never, they drive an hour to go to school and they've never been happier. They don't complain. They don't give me a hard time. They get up and they're, they're they can't wait to get there. It's it's amazing that you said that. So they're not they don't miss being in a public school and no. seeing everybody. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. And it, and that can't be that might not be the result for everyone. But 
it, you know, my kids, we bounced around a couple of times to find the right program. You know, the first one didn't work out. The second one was great, but it just wasn't, the location didn't work. And then, you know, now we're where we are. And my husband, because he's not working, he's he's driving them and he's there with them. And it's, uh, it's when, when you say that he has to drive them to a location that's an hour away, right? What is that? What Like, where are they going? Are they going Riverhead. In, okay, so they're in Riverhead. But what I'm saying is, is when they get there, are they in a classroom? Yeah, it looks like a classroom. It's a it's a beautiful building, but it's on I don't even know how many acres of property. They have five horses. They have a rock wall, climbing wall. They have a, a beautiful hiking pathway and yeah. So that's part of the curriculum when you said they're riding horses and yep. doing things like that. That's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, let me ask you this. 2022 is coming up, right? We have, you know, hopefully things change. What do you predict is going to happen in 2024? What do you think? Do you think that Joe Biden is going to run? Do you think that Kamala Harris is going to run? Do you think that Donald Trump? What, what, give me, you know, give, you, give so, me a couple, couple of predictions. So here. I want to kind of start at 22. I think in 22 we're going to take back some school boards, right? So we have so many patriots looking to run for school boards and we're helping support them. So May 17th is school board elections. We need to make that number one priority between now and May. Then we have to focus on our local elections. We so need- how do people help you? How do people get involved in say May 17th? So there is a page that I partner with. It's called Long Island Patriot BOE Takeover. And Rob Bennett runs it, and he's doing a fantastic job of just helping get candidates run and, you know, just give them the tools they need to how to campaign and things like that. And then I'm working with um, some moms out of Massapequa that are going to do a presentation in a couple of weeks where we can just help these candidates. Right? We're just there's nothing in it for me. I don't charge anything. I don't make any money. I don't raise any money. I'm literally just trying to help people who are trying to do the right thing get the support they need. Um, so I think running is the number one thing they can do and like, and using your voice and finding, you know, you know, going and canvassing for those candidates and getting the word out for those candidates. Like if you have someone in your town running, those are, those are the things that I think for too long, we just said, oh, okay, you know, someone else will do it. There's no one, no one's coming to save us. There's no one else to do it. It has to be us and it has to be now. And then we need to pay attention to November 22. We need New York elections. We need Lee Zeldin. We need, you know, candidates that are true patriots that want to actually make a, a difference in New York. And then we can focus on 24. You know, people are real. <laughs> yeah, you're right. People don't realize that it all starts at the local level, yep. right? Library the, trustees. Do you know how much power they have? Uh, how much money they actually are responsible for? I don't know. It's so. Give me it's, a little. It's it's a lot. It's millions of dollars. And they're the ones that decide what books get put into different schools and education. One of the things that- I didn't even think of that. What books get put into these schools yep. is a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a very big deal. Yeah. Especially now because, you know, Moms for Liberty is being labeled book burners. We're not. We're not saying these books need to be burned. We're saying that they need to be age appropriate. How were you able to, um, you know, when you get some negative feedback, say on social media, I mean, did that happen? Yeah, of course. How did you deal with that? I move on. A lot of people can't. That's yeah. why I'm saying it. You know, I, I think you have to have a you have to have a, a thick skin and know that the only goal that they have is to minimize your credibility. So if you fight back or argue back, you're just feeding into it. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing, and the right people are going to find me and work with me. And the rest, they're they're just noise. Do you want Donald Trump to? 
run again in 2024? Do you think that maybe the country is better off without him as president and maybe somebody else, say, like as Ron DeSantis, who... I love Ron DeSantis. I do too. Yeah, my, my my. I'm ready to pick up and go to Florida. Like I'm like that looks like America to me. Yeah, absolutely. My ideal thing would be Donald Trump puts his ego aside and maybe more for also for strategic purposes, and says, "Hey, listen, Ron, run as my mate, vice president. I get you, you know, acquainted into Washington politics because you're dealing here at in a Florida level. Right. See how DC is being run. Groom him." Because he only has four years, Donald Trump. Right. And then we get another eight years of Ron DeSantis. I think that sounds like a good plan. That's a good plan. It is a good plan. Yeah. But but do you want Donald Trump? Do you think that the country would be able to handle that? So I think by 2024, I don't know what our country is going to look like if it stays like this. I mean, it's With scary. three more years it's three of more this years guy. This. I mean, who would have thought in one year how much damage could be done to such an amazing country? You know what I mean? Like, we were living our best life with a eighty-three gas, and now it's like, you know, six almost $6 a gallon in some places. It's just, it's unacceptable what's happening right now. And just the fact, you know, we weren't in a war for four years. One year in, we're, we're battling in all different fronts. It tells me that... The, the agenda of the left is not for Americans. So whether it's Donald Trump or someone who loves America like Donald Trump is what we need. Someone that actually has a backbone. We can't have the same old, same old GOP that, you know, I listen to some of these congressmen and senators that they say a lot of good things. And I'm like, but where's the action? Why do I feel like they're just doing it for the, the TV crew? Why is AOC making, you know, even though she is a complete banana, but why is she the one putting all this legislation, like the Green New Deal, on board? Where is the Republican Party's, you know, whatever? whether And who's behind AOC actually putting those together? Because we all know it's not her. Yes, of course. So it, it, there's a lot of agendas behind the scenes that concern me. Yeah, no. On you, both sides. On yeah. both sides. Yeah. Are you afraid of nuclear war right now? Does that is that even on your radar? When yeah, you? I'm afraid of everything that's happening right now. It's... It just, it, it's like, how did we get here so quickly? And, you know, I try not to watch mainstream news because it's, you don't know what to believe. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't that, that suck? It does suck. Right. It because suck. you would want to have, at least you have an objective media that you could actually get real truth to. Right. Right. Now it's more, okay, put it on CNN and let's see how crazy they're talking. Yeah. Okay. Done with that. Okay. Even Fox would even Ukraine right now, because what's happening is what? We're not talking about the border. Right. We're not, talking we're, not talking about about Hillary, we're not talking about Hillary Clinton. We're not talking about Hillary Clinton and what, you know, Ron Durham has come out with. Yep. Right? We're not the talking Durham about inflation yeah, exactly. at all or anything like that. We're not talking about the corruptness of Joe Biden and Hunter Biden. No. Everything has changed. And and where does that $14 billion go? Who's auditing how that's being spent and used? And that's those are all the things that I go, wh where is all this money actually going? You know what I mean? Like, it just... How about a 3,000-page document that nobody's reading and we're just and saying that's just, okay? And they're just voting for it. Yeah, yeah like, like, I don't understand. When did that become okay? When did all of a sudden, just give me the cliff notes is okay, so that's how we'll let the country run. Right. Cliff notes. And you just say, okay, we're raising your taxes or you're gonna have to pay more for this because we're doing this. And it's, it, I think we have to get to a point where those that are elected to represent us actually represent us instead of catering to their hierarchy. You know, it's like, oh, you know, in District 2, it's, it's gonna be, you know, the GOP candidate. Well, you know what? Maybe I don't want Garbarino. He sucks. I want someone... <laughs> 
I want someone representing me that actually cares about what's happening in my community. And it could be a Democrat. Yeah. Right? It could be a Democrat that just loves America. See, but here's the thing. The problem is, is that if they're Democrat, then they ultimately answer to that party and they can't they you see you watch them vote they don't have a mind of their own they don't have a mind of their own so it's like almost like we if 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 it worked in a real world scenario where there was a patriot party where parties actually could get elected and actually be independent of all of this hierarchy maybe but right now you got to go with you know kind of the lesser of two evils and at least if they're republican they're at least aligning somewhere in the line of where of America. america That's it. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, really, because that's all it comes down to. That's all it comes down to is I care about my kids, their future, my neighbors, my country, you know, and it's. You know, another uh, reason, too, I think before, you know, we ended here, I think that this high gas prices, they actually want it. Yeah. They love that this because they want everybody to go to this electric vehicle. And think about this. It takes like, let's just say we wanted to go on a road trip. Yeah. How am I going to go on a road trip with my electric vehicle that takes 10 hours to charge? So what am I going to do? I'm going to sit at the and gas station for 10 hours? if I can't afford my gas, how am I going to afford a $50,000? I don't understand. <laughs> you know, at least if you had... It's if such I, an elitist attitude. It's like, oh, just go buy a green vehicle. It's like... But the thing is, is what happens? Like, I can actually go to a gas station with my regular fossil fuel gasoline car. I, I'm running out of gas. It takes five minutes to fill up the tank and I'm on a road trip and right. I'm on my way. You know, the technology's not there yet. Right, so then you can just you... turn a switch and it's recharged. Yeah, you can sit there for hours. Yeah, or put a battery. Okay, the battery's bad. So put that battery <laughs> in the trunk and then put the new battery, which probably costs around $20,000, the battery alone. I'm sure. You know what I mean? It, it, you know, what you're trying to, you know, force the, uh, down our throats, that technology's not there yet. Listen, I'm all for the planet. I love sure. the planet. It's, this is it. This is right. our baby. Yeah. We have nothing else. I'm all for whatever it is, but how are you getting the electricity? Where's the electricity coming from to to right. to, to do that, right? You have to have – something is happening here. You're going to have everything solar panels. It, no, it doesn't work that way. It's not strong enough. And not only that, the solar panels to, – to have a solar panel that is equivalent to, say, what we're using with fossil fuels, think about all the farmland that we're going to have to now take off, and it's going to be all solar panels. That's not America either. No, because now you're now we're not food independent. We're not energy independent. When you look at when they they talk about this, this is what I was saying in the beginning that they have these heartwarming reasons like we got to save the planet, but that's not the real agenda. The real agenda is to collapse our economy. Yes, I agree with you. That's that's the real agenda. And until people realize that and actually start paying attention to that, that's why like when people want to fight over mass or this, I'm like I was never fighting about mass. I was fighting about my freedoms. American freedoms. And that's why we need you <laughs> to run for office. And that's right there. Drop the mic. <laughs> yes. So so if people wanted to follow you on social media, how do they go how do they go about doing sure. that? Sure. So I have a couple of platforms. I have Moms for Liberty, NASA New York. Can you put that Moms for Liberty website up there, Eric, yep. real quick? So um, if you go into the main website, my chapter should pop up. So but if you want to go to Facebook, it's Moms for Liberty, NASA New York. Um, there we go. Moms for Liberty. Liberty. Find my chapter. Oh, we're doing this live. I hope it works. Oh, <laughs> look at look look at how yellow Long Island is. You see. Not that? only that though. Look how yellow yeah. the, the country is Over starting to be. Over 160 chapters in 35 states I mean, really, in one year. One year. Look at Florida. You called 
And Florida said, we don't know, we're, we're just starting out. Yeah. We don't know anything. And now it's all over the place. And, and, now, and now one of the founders is being considered for the education commissioner for Florida. Thank God. Yeah. Yeah, that's the yeah. type of people that we need. Exactly. Yes. But yeah, so look, yeah, look at Long Island is completely covered between Nassau and Suffolk. And, uh, oh, I have, oh, to, I, have pages. To, I have to load my page. Sorry. <laughs> you, chapter pa- pages are coming I, I, soon. I'm going to get yelled at by National. That Who cares? But no. it, listen, yeah. but at least we're aware of it. And here yeah. it is. Look at that. Look but at it, that American flag. Exactly. Like, isn't that the best? No, it's the best. It's How do you not love this country? Look at that. Look yeah. at that, that picture right there. That little girl and that American flag. That's what it's all about. Yeah. But you can also follow me on Truth Social. I am now M4L underscore NASA underscore. I, feel like I know Truth Social. What a what a debacle that was, though. <laughs> I was I was like four hundred ninety six. It, it was it, I was like itching. I'm like, get me on, get me on. But it, it it looks like somebody didn't pay the amount of money that I wish they would have paid to make that site a little bit better. It just seems a little. Low budget, little to basic, me. A little, little basic. basic. Maybe that's what happens at first. You know, they put it's it out got, there, it's gotta see be, if it it's catches gotta, on. Yeah, it's got to be built up. And, yes, yeah, I agree. But you know, something that you know that everybody was waiting for took a long time. You would, I would have thought that it was, it would have been a little bit different, a little bit better, in my opinion. Um, but okay, so Truth Social, I'm on that too. I haven't, you know, really started using it as much. But what about? Other platforms, Facebook. So Facebook, it's Moms for Liberty, Nassau, New York. Nassau, New York. Yep. Are you on Getter? Are you on Twitter? Do you not? Are you uh, boycotting Twitter? Like, what do you do? So with I, I have all of them, but my active ones are Facebook. You and really Truth want social. your Truth Social? Here we go. <laughs> all right. What is it again on Truth Social? Let's get it going. M four L, the M- number, the number four L underscore Nassau underscore New York. Okay. NY. Sorry, NY. So and hopefully the next time that I have you back on, you're gonna announce that I'm running for that you're running for something. <laughs> I, I want to say this to you though: those kids that you have, they have a great mother. Thank you. And they are very, very fortunate Thank to you. have you as a mother. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to I wish I had a mother that fought like that. To be honest with you, and that were, was like you. Yeah, and <laughs> I think that I think the the whole country could use that mother or that type of human being in you. And that's why I'm still saying to you that I think that maybe you should do that because those two kids are lucky. You can make the whole country lucky, in my opinion. I really thank believe you. that. So I want to thank you for coming on here. It was an thank honor. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I coming on. It. And I hope that you'd come back on again. I'd be happy to. This yeah. was fun. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. All right, so we'll wrap it up here. Again, you can go on to thejocozoshow.com. has all of our shows. And what else? Our YouTube page and our Rumble page. Make sure you follow that. And again, thank you so much. Thank you. And with that being said, we're out. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. But that wraps it up for another edition of the Joe Cozo Show. (laughs) 